This is the Emergency Medical Minute. The Emergency Medical Minute is excited to announce that we are now offering AMA, PRA, Category 1 credits via online course modules. To access these and for more information, visit our website at www.emergencymedicalminute.com backslash CME-courses or simply click on the link in our show notes and create an account. All right, good morning. This is the first edition of what we're going to call the Mountain Medical Minute. So that's the uh, our kind of classic medical minutes that are usually from the Swedish ER, uh, but actually coming to you from St. Vincent Hospital in Leadville, Colorado. Per staff request today, we're going to do a brief overview of vasopressors. Uh, there's a specific question about dopamine, and but we'll cover that as kind of a, a quick overview of vasopressor therapy. So um, there'll be a link to the table that we're referencing in the show notes to this podcast. Um, but at the top, we we'll start with Epi, which most of us are familiar with probably most familiar in um, the context of um, cardiopulmonary arrest and its use. Um, that's a topic for a whole separate uh, podcast about uh, the efficacy of epi and how we got to our current dosing and kind of the rationale for using it the way that we do. Um, in general, just know that epi, pre-hospital epi and, 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 and arrest, peri-arrest epi are good for um, ROSC, uh, not necessarily good for uh, neurologic outcomes. So there's certainly a trend towards worsening neurologic outcomes. The more doses of epi that you get, which is also pretty intuitive because that means it's a longer downtime and a longer, um, you know, uh, resuscitation that's ongoing before ROSC. So epi, you know, uh, hits alpha and beta one and two. So it's an all, all receptor, uh, uh, activity wherein you're getting, so you're getting vasoconstriction through your alpha, you're getting, um, a faster heart rate through your beta, um, and uh, that's kind of intuitive, right? It's every, everything is up in alpha, alpha and beta. Um, norepinephrine is just alpha one and beta one, and so that is going to drive up your primarily your heart rate and your blood pressure. And we use norepinephrine or levofed in primarily in septic shock. Um, the good, the best data for its use comes in septic shock, and that it makes sense, right? You're increasing cardiac output and then what's the pro- what's the underlying issue right in septic shock is a uh, is you know prof- uh, uh, profound kind of capillary permeability leakage of fluid so kind of causing that vasoconstriction bringing some of the fluid back into the circulation um and you know and you do it in conjunction with giving them fluid back right so you give them a bunch of fluid get it back into the circulation and you clamp down in the peripheral vessels to try and uh, counteract that vascular kind of permeability uh, as opposed to phenylephrine, which is next down in the table here, which is just alpha. So that's just vasoconstriction, just peripheral vasoconstriction. So if you think you have a process that's going on that's causing peripheral vasodilation, where your vessel, like they're, they're warm and kind of flushed on the, in their periphery, um, then you can use phenylephrine as a way to, um, to counteract that. But you're not going to get any of the kind of chronotropy or the uh, heart rate effects from, from phenylephrine. Any ideas about what would be a condition where they're just kind of dilated uh, peripherally. They don't need any more cardiac output. They don't need uh, increased heart rate or compensation in that way. They're just kind of peripherally a little, little swollen. It's pretty rare. We don't use it that often. So spinal shock is a big one, spinal or neurologic shock, um, wherein you have profound vasoplegia. So your, your vascular tone is completely lost. 
Like they're not, they didn't lose volume. They didn't have hemorrhagic shock. Uh, it's not septic shock, which is like a distributive shock. It's not obstructive shock, things like PE. Um, this is just, they lose their vascular tone uh, uh, as a consequence of a devastating neurologic injury. And so we use phenylephrine for that because that just, just clamps their vessels down. The other time we use it is um, kind of anecdotally, if, if we think that they're kind of, uh, you can run it peripherally a lot easier. Um, and so you can run them on peripheral phenylephrine for a little while if their pressures are borderline and you're just kind of clamping down, but you think you've got them enough volume in something like sepsis, it's a little bit of, uh, that's a little bit of voodoo there. Um, and then the other time oftentimes is um, when we administer medications that cause uh, loss of vascular tone. So when we use, when we get RSI and you get peri-procedural or peri-intubation hypotension, particularly if you're using something like propofol for post-intubation sedation, that causes, that can cause hypotension and vasodilation. And so you just use phenylephrine to kind of counteract that and then you need to readjust what your medications you're using for sedation. Um, so those are kind of the most common things we use when it's just isolated peripheral vasoconstriction that we need. That's when we go, that's when we reach for phenylephrine. Um, dopamine is very similar to epi, um, different, different mechanism. Um, uh, and was dopamine used to be used a ton for septic shock, but then they, uh, there's some data from the surviving sepsis studies that said that uh, dopamine put them at higher risk for tachydysrhythmias, um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, anyways, there was, there, was, there was dysrhythmia complications more so with dopamine than there is with norepi, which is why that we made that shift. But it's alpha-1, alpha-2, beta-1, beta-2. Um, vasopressin is a totally separate receptor um, and kind of like milrinone, which is the last one on the table, Honestly, we, we use them so infrequently because they're on, they're just, they patients react differently on them. They they target different receptors. But where vasopressin is helpful is if you are starting to max out on norepinephrine and the patient is still in shock, not reaching a perfusing a perfusing pressure. They, the best data in vasopressin is as an adjunct. Uh, so you do norepinephrine and you add on vaso as the second line. Uh, Jack's done that in the ICU. puts put a bunch of people on vasopressin. I'm sure that's that's like the second component of jet fuel. You know, they go norepi, max norepi, then you add on vasopressin, and then as a kitchen sink, you can put, put them on a dopamine or epi, epi drips. But you're talking, you know, obviously really high morbidity mortality at that point. And then the last one is a pretty pretty narrow use that we use, which is um, known and it's in our heart failure patients primarily. Um, it's a PDE inhibitor. Um, again, different, you know, so different, different receptor, kind of different intuition than our, our alpha and our beta stuff. Um, but uh, drops preload and afterload, kind of pools the, pools the, the um, your fluid in the, uh, on the right side, on your right side, it pulls the fluid so that eases the right, right heart stress and also decreases the, 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 the afterload so the left ventricle is not seeing such a high pressure to squeeze against. So in an overloaded heart, you can imagine how that would be helpful, right? You want to drop, ease some of the, the fluid that's coming into the right side of the heart and you want to ease the strain that the left side of the heart is pumping against. So that's why we use norinone. Uh, um, and I totally skipped over dobutamine, which actually is helpful because we primarily use it in heart failure as well. Dobutamine does a similar, but it's beta, it's beta activity. Um, it, gives them a, it gives them a little bit of um, beta-1, so they uh, get a little bit of a, a cardiac support in that way, a little bit of ionotropy, but it causes some beta-2, which is vasodilation, so they're not seeing that high pressure to squeeze against from the left side of the heart. So the dobutamine 
is helpful in that it reduces your afterload. Um, and so that's one of the agents we go for, cardiogenic shock, as opposed to epi or norepi or phenylephrine, which are gonna clamp down your peripheral uh, constriction and increase the pressure that that left weak, left heart is squeezing against. So that's why we go dobutamine versus the others for heart failure. So that's an overview of pressors, questions, thoughts? Perfect. All right, thank you. Hello, EMM listeners. We are dedicated to providing you with high-quality educational content free of charge and without ads. As a nonprofit organization, we rely solely on donations. So if you enjoy our show and are able to make a one-time or recurring donation to help cover our operational costs, any amount is helpful in making this show possible. Click the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you.